Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. So, this lifelong process... If I'm going to be different and live different, it will require times of confessing my sins. That's because you're not perfect and I'm not perfect. It's going to require a time for me to get rid of, flee some habits and lifestyles that somehow came into my life. Anything that keeps me being 100% useful for God. One of the things that drew attention to the early Christians was the change in their lives. They began living very differently than they had been before and stuck to this even when they began being persecuted by their family, friends, and even the government. Pastor Mark will be teaching that if you're going to be a real Christ follower, that you're going to undergo change in your life, possibly significant change. You'll hear about God wanting to make you into a reflection of Jesus. You'll also discover that this remake will require change in thought and behavior on your part. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now here's Pastor Mark in 1 Timothy chapter 6 as he continues his message, Under His Influence, Really? Well, look at verse 16. I love this. The man who had the real evil spirit in him, notice he recognizes the, that these exorcists had no authority. You know, he, these exorcists are saying, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. The demon goes, who are you? You don't have any authority at all to say anything over me. So he rejects coming out. And what does he do? Look at this. The man who had the evil spirit jumped on them and overpowered them all, all seven of them. And he gave them such a beating that they ran out of the house naked and bleeding. Can you see the news that night? (laughs) On CNN, here's these naked exorcists running through the city, beaten. I make a joke, but that's exactly what happened. What did that cause the city to do? Look at verse 17. And when this became known to the Jews and the Greeks, Jews and Gentiles, who were living in Ephesus, they were all seized with fear. By the way, that would be a healthy fear of God. And then notice what happened. And the name of the Lord Jesus was held in high honor. How did that work? You see, when these people saw what had just happened, they realized that the God that Paul was preaching about was very different than the power their exorcists in the city 
were trying to deal with. Their exorcists tried to get that demon out. They got beat up and stripped naked and humiliated. But even the sweat bands from Paul caused demons to come out of people. And so they went, uh, time to think about which God we're serving here. And they began to have a healthy fear of God. I want to say this to you. If you're ever going to be living under the influence of God, you need to have a healthy fear of who God is. He's way greater than you. He knows everything about us. He's sovereign. He's in control. You can trust your life to him. He's not like, let the man up in the sky. If God would stand in front of us today, I don't care who you are, you'd have your hands raised. I never raised my hands in church. You would have your hands raised. As you're falling on your face. And that's what heaven's going to look like. Because we play at this thing called religion. Well, there's a real God and there's a real Satan. Well, look at verse 18. Now, many of those who believed now came and openly confessed their evil deeds. And a number who had practiced sorcery brought their scrolls together and burned them publicly when they calculated the value of the scrolls that came to 50,000 drachmas, millions of dollars. Next thing you want to write is this. What was happening here? The Holy Spirit lovingly convicts. You see, there was a number of things, and I have to go through it very quickly, but you'll understand what's happening. Many of the people who had just, it really, I think, happened to two groups of people. The unbelievers, certainly, their tension's coming. They're going to come to Christ. More and more of them are going to come to Christ. But right here, I think you have two major groups of people. You have the new believers who have been believing. And when they see this, they've been practicing with the occult. They came to Christ and they hadn't been taught yet by Paul. Probably didn't get it yet. They didn't know that practicing the occult and being a Christ follower was incompatible. So they go, whoa, we're going to get rid of this stuff. We're going to flee from that. Here's how it works today. You'll understand. I'll do this very quickly. Listen. We have so many people come to Christ and turn their life over to Jesus Christ. Way more than a thousand people every year come to Christ. And they turn their life over to God. Well, what world did they come in from? They came in from the MTV world. They came from the world, the world system, where everything in the world system is done very different than in the godly system. So here's what happens very commonly to us. A person will come to Christ, and they don't know anything. They come to Christ, have their sins forgiven, and all of a sudden, they'll come a few weeks later, and they'll hear me or another pastor say, uh, if you're living with someone, and you're not married, or if you're having sex before marriage, you can't do that. That's a sin. And they're going to go, what? Because you tell me, yes or no, Does the world system say you can have sex with anybody and you can even have multiple affairs and it's no problem? Yes or no? Absolutely yes. So that's the system they come from. It's like these people who go, playing with the occult is wrong? I've done that my whole life. Okay, I'll get rid of it. And so we have to teach those people, no, you have to remain pure now. Break the relationship. We'll find a way to help you. And if the person's going to be, and we go through all those kind of things. Here's another one. Last night there was lots of games and some of you kind of fell asleep already because you were you, you put University of Florida ahead of God. All right. <laughs> By that I mean you stayed up too late and you've fallen asleep already. Just give that to your person right next to you right now, would you? Well, let me ask you a question, yes or no. 
after the games last night on those two big university campuses, was there any drinking and lots of drunkenness? Tell me, yes or no? Absolutely. Well, a person comes to the Lord and they drink and they party once in a while and get drunk like the world does. And, and they hear us reading, no drunkard will enter heaven. What? You mean I can't be drunk? No, you can't come under the influence of that. Okay. And it's a brand new day. Now relax. We have so many new Christians. that sometimes Christians make it impossible for them to grow. What are you doing drinking? How come you're living with that person? They've only been a Christian a week. Give them a break. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? In time, it will change. By the way, who's convicting these people that they're wrong? It's not Paul. It's the Holy Spirit. He's the great convictor. He does it gently. So understand, that can be with money. A million other illustrations I can give you. That was happening. The second thing that was happening was... There were others that were followers of Christ, but they weren't new. They just become lukewarm. And they were trying to live with one foot in the world and one foot in following Jesus. This is very uncomfortable. (laughs) It never works. They were living what's called a compromised life. They became lukewarm, playing at their religion, playing at their relationship with God. They weren't even close to being under the influence of the Spirit. You want to write this statement down, then we're going to turn to the next passage. Trying to follow Jesus and live like the world, let me say to you today, it'll never work. You will all make it work, Pastor Mark. You will never make it work. You will end up back in the world. I've been doing this for, I've been saved now 61 years. You'll be back in the world. Because the world will pull you back to where you came. So don't, if you're here this morning and playing with that, you can't do it. It won't work. It won't work. Now, Keep your finger right there in Acts. Turn back right past 1 Timothy where you were to the book of Titus. Titus, Titus chapter 2. When we get to Titus chapter 2, we get a little picture of what it looks like to live under the influence. Go down to verse 11. These verses remind us what it looks like to really live under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Paul says this, For the grace of God, everybody saved by grace, we don't earn it, that brings salvation as appeared to all men. When I become a Christian, the Holy Spirit moves into my life. And notice what happens in verse 12. It then begins, the Holy Spirit begins to teach us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, godly lives in this present age. So the day the Holy Spirit moves into my life, He not only saves me, but he begins to, we call it sanctify, make me holy, make me different than what I was, make me more like Christ. He begins the process of purifying me in my values, in my lifestyle. 
And I do that, verse 13, while I'm waiting for the second coming of Christ. And look at verse 14. Who, Jesus Christ, who gave himself to redeem me. Redeem me means I was lost in sin and he had to pay for my freedom and he paid for it on the cross. From all wickedness. And then not only does he save me, notice the next word. He's come to purify me for himself. A people that is very own eager to do what is good. So he doesn't only want to just save me, but he wants to make me different. And here's the way you want to write it. A Christ follower is to be different and then live different from unbelievers. Because all things are passed away and all things become new. So this lifelong process, if I'm going to be different and live different, it will require times of confessing My sins. That's because you're not perfect and I'm not perfect. It's going to require a time for me to get rid of, flee some habits and lifestyles that somehow came into my life. Anything that keeps me being 100% useful for God. To turn right back to where we were, Acts 19. We already read this verse, but I want to go through it again. Acts 19, verse 18. Now, many of those who believed now came and openly confessed their evil deeds. What happened there? Here's a little flashlight. Light reveals. Ever have somebody come over to your house for dinner and you clean the house pretty good? But you turn some light on in a room that you normally don't turn on and there's a a web. And you go, oh, I'm a b-. and guess who, guess who notices it? The people you invite over naturally. So they're wiping their fork off and their knife off just to make sure it's, it's okay. See, light reveals. So as these people see these guys running and they look at Paul, the Holy Spirit gently just shined his light into their hearts. And he began to say to them, uh, those of you that are new believers, you can't mix this stuff. You're going to have to get rid of the occult. You're a different person. You're a man. You're a woman of God. And the Holy Spirit shined this light. And so the next thing that they do is they confess it with their mouth. And they don't confess it privately. They do it openly. We have this weird thing with Christianity that it's private. It's not private. It's open. Now, when we begin to see that, the Holy Spirit was just really saying to them, it's time to stop doing the wrong thing. I've already pointed out to you. And it's time to start doing the right thing. It's time to get real with God. And they confessed it publicly. Look at verse 19. And a number who had practiced sorcery, these are the people that were compromised in their walk with God, brought their scrolls together and burned them publicly. When they calculated the value of the scrolls, it came to 50,000 drachmas. These believers didn't only confess, but they were going to flee that stuff. They brought all of the stuff that had played with the occult, 
And notice they didn't put it on eBay and try to make some money for it. But they separated themselves from it. They burned it. What were they doing? When the Holy Spirit shined his light on them, they were getting clean. They were going to make a clean break from their sin. They voluntarily confessed. Proverbs 28 says this, People who conceal their sins will not prosper. But if they confess and turn from them, they will receive mercy. You see, spiritual freedom and power come from real repentance. When God begins to shine his light on us, we have to get real with him. There's nothing hidden from God. So if I'm going to be a real follower of Christ, it's going to have times in my life where there is confession. Because I'm lovingly convicted by the Holy Spirit. I want to get right with God. There's going to have to be times that I'm just going to submit and say, Lord, you're right. 1 John 1, 9 says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Earlier on in that passage, it says this, If we say we have no sin, we make God a liar. So we don't go around all day long, just forgive me, just forgive me, just forgive me, just forgive me. And we don't have a sin consciousness. But when the Holy Spirit pinpoints something, we're man enough and woman enough, after all, we're men and women of God, to agree with the Spirit and make real repentance. Not like David Letterman, real repentance. So much so that we may have to separate ourselves from some of the stuff, the pornography and stuff. We have to burn it. We have to get an accountability partner. We have to put something on our computer that I can't get there anymore. If you're having a, an attraction to a person at work, you may have to change jobs. You'll have to do whatever it is. You see, we have to separate ourselves. Do the right things. Well, look at verse 20. We close with this verse. Circle these three words. In this way, the word of the Lord spread widely and grew in power. In what way? When the Christ followers made a clean break with any habit, in this case, we know what it was, the occult, but for us today, when we make a clean break with any sinful habit, or a lifestyle that the Holy Spirit points out, when we make a clean break from that, when we come under the influence of the Spirit, and we, and, and we, and we really get real, and we confess it, here's what happens. The believer gets real. He gets clean. He gets pure. He's now useful to God. And the church got larger. Well, how did that happen? You see, the people in Ephesus noted that these Christ followers now, here's the word, they were different. They no longer did what they used to do. They were different. See, they actually became salty again. The Christ followers became different and that powerful testimony changed all of Ephesus. People came going, what's happened to you? Why are you different? How did this work? I want to know that God that you know. I saw what happened to that. Is that the God of Paul? That's the God I want to know. 
Write this down and I'll explain it. This is the last thing that we're writing down today. Christ followers who are really under his influence are salty. And that will change their world. This is my prayer for Calvary Chapel of Melbourne and Sebastian and Vera. Let me explain how it works. In Matthew, Jesus speaking in the Sermon on the Mount, he said this. Jesus looked out to the Christians and he said this. You, yeah, you, mm -hmm, you, you're the salt of the world. What do you mean by that? Salt has two major things. One, it preserves. Put on a meat, it preserves it. Do you know that our world is going to hell quickly? But the reason it's not going quicker is because the church is still here. There's still somebody saying abortion is wrong. The gay lifestyle is wrong. There's still people standing up for God. But the second thing salt does, it causes people to be what? Thirsty. When you go to the movies and they sell you this big thing of popcorn, why do they sell that to you for seven bucks? Because they know when you sit in your seat, if you don't have a drink with you, you go right out and you get this little Coke for $49.95. They're not stupid. And you go blah, 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 because salt makes you thirsty. When we're pure, when you're really under his influence, your life will be different and the people around you will be thirsty for the God you serve. But then Jesus said this, if salt loses its saltiness, In other words, in those days, it was easy for salt to be contaminated. If salt is mixed with sand, you're going to put that on your food? No. Jesus said, if it loses its saltiness, it's useless. You just throw it on the ground and it becomes something we walk on. That's what's happened to the church. The reason we don't have the influence that we need is because we're not real. We're not salty. Many of us have lost our saltiness. And so our influence is zero. And the world is looking for something real. And they go, oh, you're just like me. Your marriage is like me. You talk like me. You cheat like me. You take advantage of people like me. You have an affair like me. And you're divorcing just like me. That's where we are. And we say, oh, no, come follow Jesus Christ. He changes your life. Really? What about yours? Well, they're not going to say that to you, but they're right on. So what are we going to do about that? In today's teaching, Pastor Mark reminded you that being a follower of Jesus is serious. Life and death business. You learn that there's a real enemy who has the whole world under his control. Pastor Mark shared some stories from the Bible that showed you that God's power is far beyond Satan's power. And that God wants to fill you with that same power. We know social media is a big part of everyone's lives, and it's a great way to stay connected with each other. We'd like to add a little bit of joy and Jesus to your Facebook and Twitter pages, so come like and follow us. 
you'll be able to keep up to date with all the latest information about Pastor Mark, the Ministry of Lessons for Living, and the church behind it, Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links to connect. That's LessonsForLivingRadio.com. This ends Pastor Mark's message, Under His Influence, Really. Next time, he'll begin a brand new message in this series called Under His Influence, Mission Possible. He'll talk about what it means practically to be under the influence of the Holy Spirit. He'll teach about what it means to move from just being a convert to Christ to becoming a disciple of Christ and what that'll look like in your life. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living and together, let's do life right. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.